Hello everybody and welcome once again to a, another episode finally of Geek Ramble Podcast with uh, We're back. Yeah, with uh, with me, Sam Freeman, and John. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to speak to you, Sam. It's yeah. been a while, um, but as ever, life happens and yeah, yeah. finding time in busy schedules, etc. It sounds it makes it sound like yuppies. <laughs> oh yeah, well do you know Yeah, yeah lunch, uh, lunch, yeah, it's lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, no, with, yeah, it's just been just been insane. Work, work has just been crazy. I, I ended up having two giant projects land on my lap, like first of December, that needed to be done by Christmas, and I'm I'm not done with either of them with four days to go. So <laughs> it's it's been uh, it's been a challenge trying to schedule anything other than working, to be honest. Um, and then you you had a variety of other reasons as well why uh, yeah why things so, got uh, yeah my well um, work. My son's been. Um, Paul, well, he's diabetic and he took an overdose of insulin, so it, we had to nurse him through that. And um, coming in from football one night, cold, wet, and horrible, and hungry, and just wanting to warm up. So, yeah, for a variety of reasons, it, it's got skipped. So, yeah, that's but right. we're here now. We're here now. We are. We are. And we're gonna we're gonna make it a relatively uh, concise one. Well concise by our standards we'll probably end up rambling off into a variety of topics but um, we'll kind of no us no <laughs> but we'll, have a, we'll try and have a little catch up uh, I mean I don't know what you've been up to John the last few weeks apart from everything you just talked about and I've certainly um, not been up to an awful lot because of work and stuff but uh, what have you been up to anything interesting well we've been watched binge watched the first four series of Bosch I've finally got through them all um, it's fantastic it's, if you haven't watched it you've got to it's very very good very very good indeed I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed that to the point of where I've been going to you know thinking I'll go to games night tonight and thinking shall I go and so I just sit in and watch another couple of episodes of Bosch uh-huh. it's, it, 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 it is very good it's just one of those things that once you start if you've got like four series to, to get your head into it it's very well done and very well set up yeah. Um, so yeah we finished that last night so yeah very much enjoyed that um, usual round of games watching films TV and that kind of thing so the main game that I've probably sticks out in my mind for the last couple of weeks is um, Architects of the West Kingdom uh, I've got uh, that sat on my shelf unplayed as yet yeah it's very good very good and uh, another Shem Phillips game and possibly the best of the bunch so far that I've played mm. Um, very, very good. So it, it, you're basically um, building your kingdom, as the title would suggest. Um, you're helping the king um, build his empire and, and, and build cathedral and, and keeping the kingdom going. So the interesting thing about it is you, instead of having like a few workers which you have to build up, you start with 20, which you put out and it, they dwindle down but there are mechanisms where you can get them back you sort of put one out in in a place and it gives you resources or an action and then if you put another meeple in that place that'll give you two resources of that of that type or two of those actions if you put a third one in there you get three of that type rather than just the one so it builds up um so you need the, the you need the the resources to um, build buildings so they all the buildings have got three requirements carpentry tiling masonry i think they are and you get have to get those by um, hiring apprentices um, and they give you the tiling option and then you need the resources to complete the buildings so it's um, every time you build a building you add a meeple to the little track and when that fills up it's the end of the game so there's only a certain amount of things that you can do so a certain amount of points on, on offer I think we've played it twice and the two games the winning scores around been around 50 or 60 and I've no idea if that's average par or, or what 
basically but you move up and down this virtue track and depending on how high or low you go if you go too high you can't go into the dip into the black market and rob taxes or if you go too high or low you can't start con- contributing to the cathedral so they, it's a little balancing act there you, you have to keep yourself and uh, one of the there's there's a sort of a it's not a um take that action but it's more of a gotcha that you can start capturing other people's meeples and then selling them off to the guardhouse for money but while you're doing that you're not taking actions to build up your resources and stuff so it's uh, it's a I, I thoroughly enjoyed it the couple of times i played it it's absolutely fantastic um it's a it's a bit of a viticulture killer for me it's far Ooh. more yeah it's, it's i think it's a much better game much much better game wow that's that's uh, good, good praise given uh, given yeah, the esteem yeah. which <laughs> given the esteem in which uh, viticulture is held so uh, yeah yeah no. Don't get me wrong. I still play viticulture if it if it was offered or if we can get it to the table. Mm. But um, if I, I think I'd rather pay architects, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, a little bit more to it. Yeah, it's um, one of those sorry, ones where it, it's it it looks daunting. And PO, oh, this is do that, and that'll give you these actions and that. But, but after a round, you're like, right, I know what I'm doing now. It's, it's very much one of those yeah. fantastic game very yeah. very good so it is basically a worker placement game isn't it and it's just the, yes. the, all the spaces do something as in they give you something or you can take something or pay for something and that's basically yeah. it um, yeah. the uh, it, one thing that uh, I mean the, the most popular Shem Phillips game the Garfield game is Raiders of the North Sea which had a nice twist on the worker placement mechanic where you have just one worker and all you do is you play, place him down and then you take another one. Yeah. And wherever you take him, take that second worker from is the action you take. So you always take the two actions. This one, you start with all your workers, and you just kind of start dotting them down. But the, like you said, the the kind of gotcha stroke take that you thing. It's not really a take that one, is it? Because it, it's the way no. in which you can get your workers back again effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it works in both ways. You can capture people and flog them for money to to the guardhouse, or they can buy them off you if they want them back sooner. But you can also round up your own. Yeah. So it works in two ways. It's it's, it's a, a genius little mechanic. I think it, yeah. it works really really well. So if you're on down to your last meeple, you can always salvage a good few back yeah um rather than just taking a couple of rounds to build build your little engine up again it's very very good yeah um yeah and they've already announced the uh the second in that series as well yeah paladins yeah yeah. already top um, of the geek board game geek hotness (laughs) yeah well well, it's it's good to see you know somebody getting a good rep and and bringing out some good games yeah um i think it, it beats raiders of the North into a cocked hat for me. Really there's a does. Lot of, there's, I mean, it's been getting a lot. I think when they do the um, the best of the year um, awards at Dice Tower ones and stuff like that, uh, and the geek, the, probably the board game geek ones as well and things, they'll. I wouldn't mind betting we'll see Architects of the West Kingdom appear in quite a few of those lists and and yeah. uh, awards uh, in one one shape or another. Um, it, it seems like it's got an awful lot of hot buzz. Um, and, and legitimately so from the sound of it I can't, I can't wait to play it I'm hopefully going to go down to um, well hopefully I'll be playing uh, at Tuesday night tomorrow um, at my regular group haven't been for three or four weeks um, and well that all depends on work as well but the I'll be taking Megan out for an, well she's going for a night out with a friend on Wednesday so I'm going to drive her and pop in on our friends Richard and Joe because they Excellent. really want to play it as well so it'll be my excuse Excellent. for you know i have to drive Megan down to Newton Abbott I'll just hang around until she needs picking up and we'll just play games um, yeah yeah, so yeah. Architects will be the one we play there the, the, the first time we played it so you, the, the mason the, the tiling and the uh, carpentry 
icons that you need to be able to do the buildings. There was one card and it had all three. And it came out and I was looking at it and the first two people had skipped over it and I'm like, I should be buying that. I've only got five coins and it costs four, but I should be buying that because that gives me one. I can just start building everything. Mm. And I am denied and I picked it up and I look looking at it and I was like no I'll do another action the next person just snaffled it and then it took me three round, three more rounds to be able to get where I would have been after one card so I, I, I messed up on the first one mm. I ended up beating that player anyway on uh, um, various other points but it was just like oh, I, knew, I knew it I, I was looking at it going yeah I can see that's good but I didn't you know my first turn I didn't quite grasp that why, why it would give me so much uh, power in the game but yeah, was, yeah it's good, very good very mm. very good game absolutely yeah, I mean, like I said, I've not played very much in the last sort of three weeks now, really, since we last spoke. So um, that that'll be the next one for me. The one, the one I did play was I I did get um, uh, Clank Golden Silk. Played oh, on the nice. Golden Silk, so I played on the Silk map, um, which is the Spider one, which is which is quite a lot of fun. Um, changed, I don't we've, know if you have played that one, we, but we've done the gold one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've done the mining one, um, which was quite good. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, same as all the expansions for Clank. It's it's just a little bit more of what you love so it was good uh, I liked the the um, kind of reward wheel that you've got the choice of instead of getting a secret tome for seven coins um, for eight coins you can buy one of the rewards on the in the spider's web in the corner that was quite cool yeah. um, and also the fact that you needed to uh, you know, various tunnels needed they had spider webs in them so you had to like spend extra movement or, or swords to kind of hack your way through it um, so that was quite a nice thematic kind of map which we quite liked um, well, we found with with because you got gold from mining, that people were staying around a little bit longer to try and push themselves to get that gold in those mines to give yourself a few more points, mm. which worked quite well. Because most people, when we play, it's like right, I'm in and out. Yeah, they're just going to be the one to trigger it. Yeah. yeah, which is the highest one I can get to. I'm getting this and I'm getting out. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. More of the I, same. I like. Yeah. Yeah. More of the same. Yeah. More of the same. Be interested when the legacy one comes out. How that plays. Yeah. I mean, it's it's because that's in partnership with the Penny Arcade guys. Um, so I don't quite know how that. I mean, I don't really know Penny Arcade very well. So um, that's not very much use. But uh, I'll be intrigued to see whether it's one of those legacy games where the board changes, or whether it's a case of you carry X number of cards or special cards or whatever through. Like your, your starter deck changes or something, maybe as you go through the game, or or what? I don't. I would, I would imagine there'll be the card changes and the board changes and things, and mm. and you can move the position of um, the, the the treasures and things like that, and potentially the treasures change, and maybe the 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 track would change as well. Yeah. So now the, the dragon track and things like that will change. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean it's it's one I'm going to keep an eye on because. Um, I don't have many legacy games because you constantly need to play with the same players a little bit but Clank is the one game I get to play with pretty much the same people one way or another so uh, it should be the easiest legacy game for me to play um, so yeah that would be one to watch um, what else I can't think there's much else game wise my, my copy of um, Songbirds from uh, Daily Magic Games arrived oh. um, but we I took that to the, to the games night but um, we were doing um, Architects of the West Kingdom so it never came out um, but that looks like an interesting game and an interesting take on a, a, um, a bit of a, uh, of a game so I'm looking forward to playing that one cool well hopefully by the next one yes yeah 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 uh, definitely by the next one super um, right where are we up to so uh, movies and TV what have we been doing um, or what we've uh, I've been watching various 
things but no real movies and I think what are we watching we just spent three days in St Ives last week um, try a traditional kind of pre-Christmas little trip with Megan and the dog um, and we sort of one of the nights we just sat and watched stuff on TV and I completely completely forgotten what we watched it was, it was that remarkable obviously that um, I forgot oh we did watch Outlaw King that's what we watched um, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it was okay. I, I, yeah. It was enjoyable. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it, it, it's, it's the Scottish five hundred or, or whatever it is. Yeah, um, three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it <laughs> a is a Scottish, but yes, yeah, I thought it was very good. Yeah. Um, obviously, it sort of takes a little bit of liberty with with historical fact, but not that much. Um, certainly, Name- certainly better than. Um, Braveheart <laughs> I was going to say name me a film that doesn't take any historical yeah, liberties yeah, exactly um, but it was all for dramatic license so you know it was, it was fine um, I thought Chris Pine was really good wouldn't have known, yes. he, wouldn't have known he wasn't Scottish quite honestly um, no, he, he, he did a good turn in a good accent I, I yeah, know I enjoyed that the, the, the um, hung Jordan court is quite brutal oh yeah yeah um, little bits of William Wallace turning up in various places was quite yeah, gruesome yeah um, uh, yeah very, various kind of bits of killing were quite graphic which was quite good uh, but yeah that was alright yeah I can't remember what else we watched I think it was something else we watched but I've completely forgotten now how about um, so, um, so apart from um, the uh, uh, binge watch of Bosch so one of the things with Charlie because he's ill we had to um, monitor his blood every and t- test his blood sugar level every two hours to make sure he was okay so that's all through the night and all through the day so basically being a zombie through the day I've sat and watched Lovejoy the old 1980s oh. <laughs> oh my god yeah no, seriously oh oh seriously that and I've just been sitting watching that it's been wow. absolutely terrible <laughs> <laughs> all those things you took for granted is like oh yeah Lovejoy was great back in the day and oh, then you watch no. it again you're like oh my word no the acting's awful the plot's awful I was just like oh my god yeah. And it, uh, it, yeah it was just terrible but yeah bits of Forged in Fire I've been watching the um some of those some of the newer ones of those there's the, the competition where they've got the, the farriers and people making the weapons so mm. I've been watching that that's been quite quite interesting yeah um, yeah so and um, I've just seen the, the link you put up for the first five minutes of the new George R.R. Um, R. R. Martin's Night Flyers yeah I literally just watched that just now because I'd forgotten about <laughs> forgotten I'd yeah. put it in the notes um, did you watch it yet? yeah I have watched it it, it looks course. okay it looks okay. Yeah. Can't make a head nor tail of what it's about. Uh, um, really, psych- psycho on a spaceship looks like so. Is it a psycho or is it lots of psycho? And are they infected by something? Or yeah, exactly. I, I think they've been cleverly kind of vague um, with what they've revealed there. I think because um, it's got hints of like uh, uh, the Shining with Matey with the axe kind of running around trying to find the girl, and then yeah, it was, I'm not going to say anymore in case anyone wants to watch it. But um, have a look on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, website uh, sorry not Rotten uh, yeah it was it wasn't Rotten Tomatoes but Sci-Fi now reported it um, but they uh, but it looks okay I, I I know nothing about the Nightflyer series I know it was, it's novellas so it's not really like full on it's not don't expect Game of Thrones in space um, but uh, yeah it looks looks like it's well made so I'm gonna I'm gonna I think it's started in America so I'm gonna have to hunt out see if it's oh, uh, available I'll, I'll somewhere be- I'll be looking for that. I haven't seen it on any of the, the not on my Cody box or anything. So mm. yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna get hold of our um, Plex server friend and see if he's dug anything up yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to have a I'll have to have a dig. I think. And somebody, one of our friends, um, Charlotte, who went to Australia, um, Rob's 
ex-wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she just posted some pictures of the um, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance coming next year. First look at the heroes. The, um, so yeah. it looks like it's computer animation rather than puppets. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw a report. Uh, I didn't actually click on the link yet, but it was a, a thing about the the cast, because um, Netflix made, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, there's pictures of the the actual. Well, I, I don't know. If, I honestly don't know if they're puppets or if it's computer graphics, um, but they look exactly like the original Dark Crystal little characters. Mm. I'm very impressed. Yeah, it's, uh, just having a quick read of the cast here. So, Taron Egerton, Anya Taylor Joy. Natalie Emmanuel, don't know who Natalie Emmanuel is, terribly sorry. Uh, you've got uh, Helena Bonham Carter, Natalie Dormer, Eddie Izzard, Toby Jones. Natalie Emmanuel was in Game of Thrones and she was also in Hollyoaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, oh, yeah, of course. Natalie Dormer's the um, uh, Prince, you know, what's her face's yeah. interpreter or whatever, isn't it? Um, yeah, can't remember what she's called. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Blonde, blonde Dragon Girls interpreter. Um, yeah. Jason Isaacs, Mark Hamill, Keegan Michael Key, <laughs> Simon Pegg. Uh, That's This must have cost him a fortune just in fees. Uh, but yeah, um, looks like it's Jim Henson that's making it. So. Well, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no news in this, just having a quick read through the um, Hollywood Reporter. Um, it is uh, Age Resistance is based on Jim Henson and Frank Oz's 1982 movie and set many years before the events of the film um, Edgerton, Taylor, Joy and Emmanuel are, be, are the heroes uh, it, it doesn't say if it's puppets or not no, but it, it does look like, yeah. I, I think it's going to be uh, computer graphics yeah I think so um, it's one of those things when I remember I remember it as a kid and I remember it freaking me the hell out um, what are they the the bird the the bird monster people um, Skeksis Skeksis uh, yeah jeez yeah. they freaked me the hell out just because they were so visceral looking because the yeah. puppetry was so gruesome oh. that's a, that's the thing with puppets and, and that kind of thing they do look more real than com- anything that computer graphics mm. um, and uh, you know I'd rather have a, a a puppet of Yoda than a computer graphics Yoda any oh, yeah. day of the week yeah, yeah. you know um, definitely. So, I, I, if it's all computer graphics, it might be okay, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if, if it's Jim Henson involved still, then or the Henson Company involved, then there'll be some level of physical um, acting somewhere along yeah. the lines. I'd have thought yeah. um, some sort of puppetry enhanced, maybe with um, CGI and stuff. But uh, I certainly it won't be miniature scenes or anything. It'll be pro- puppetry, but maybe with sort of green screen stuff or something like that um, but yeah we'll see you'll see I mean I I, um, I don't have a great affinity for it because it did scare me the hell out when I was about nine years old um, so I'm not too sure yet but uh, uh, what I'm looking forward to TV show wise next year is The Mandalorian uh, the, the Star yeah. Wars show that's, that's yeah, right that, at the top of my list yeah that that would be good yeah. Um, and yeah that I mean there's again scan details but uh, a good looking cast yeah. Set for that. Yeah. So um, just uh, just to fire him out, uh, Pedro Pascal in the lead role. Um, another Game of Thrones, um, what you call it, former cast member. Um, and then you've got Nick Nolte, who I haven't seen for years. Uh, Carl Weathers, 
talking about Predator in the last series Carl Weathers is coming in uh, and Werner Herzog <laughs> which is going to be insane um, yeah that, that's a, that's either going to be a genius bit of casting you can see what how he's going to be or what he's going to be it's going to be an odd yeah. old like you know wise and old you know so yeah. yeah sort of yeah almost like Yoda-ish but, for, but not not a, not a Jedi I don't I'd be very surprised if there was much in the way of force wielding people in it I think it would be a very much more gritty underworld kind of I think it's going to be things. more of a western so going yeah. by the storyline um uh, we follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the New Republic it's a western in space yeah yeah exactly it's yeah. what it gunslinger. is gunslinger gunslinger yeah. style um, the other thing that's good about it is the is the directors because obviously John, Sh- John Favreau um, is writer and director for some of the episodes they've also got Taika Waititi um, coming in to do some episodes which how can it fail yeah well, exactly <laughs> Disney aren't messing about uh, they are clearly going to be uh, doing something interesting there, so yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that one. I think that'd be that'd be a good one to watch. And will this be on the Disney streaming service by oh, any chance? It will be, won't it? Yeah, yeah. which means that's another ten pound a month out of our pockets at least uh, by this time next year. <laughs> so, uh, what can you do? Yeah, well, pay the ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or, find, or find a dodgy stream, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's th- why people. And that's why people do it, folks. Yeah, because they can't afford the ten pound a month. But it's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because the um, it'll be interesting to see if if they're gonna you know what kind of rights managementy whatever they're gonna put into place to to kind of try and prevent it. Um, I don't know. Be interesting. I don't know how much stuff gets ripped off of Netflix and stuff because um, no stuff does get ripped off Netflix. Mm. Um, it does get available, but you know if you're paying for Amazon, Netflix, and this, and then Sky on top, and, and other things, it's yeah. you know you, you're, you're going to be topping out a hundred pounds plus a month yeah. just for just for TV. Yeah. Just for TV, I know we pay. You know, all our stuff comes through Virgin, and we pay quite a bit for our broadband and stuff. And <laughs> literally, the most watched channels the uh, Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah, well, ours, ours is BBC One and BBC Two, probably. So it makes it even more stupid. Um, yeah, is the fact that you know we 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 pay we get our money's worth out of the TV license and not so much out of the uh, out of the cable stuff. But uh, what can you do? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be one to look out. Well, that's two things to look out for. So dark, uh, dark crystal and, uh, and Mandalorian. So looking forward and, to those. And, and another series, a uh, new Star Trek Discovery series. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That starts so, pretty soon in the new year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a, there was a new trailer for it out this week, mm. um, which uh, it does. It seems it's going to be a complete sea change to the last series. So perhaps that's going to be a good thing it's not you know it's, it's less um, an, uh, an episodic one show is one story it's like a, a big arc so much like the first series so we'll see where it goes I, I enjoyed the first series despite some glaring problems with it mm. but we'll we'll see how the new one goes and I, I'll see if they won't have addressed any of the issues so we'll <laughs> see how it goes um, my biggest problem with it was the uh, main lead alien fingers Oh, what? Have, in the trailer uh, no no it, so whenever you so they, they sort of extend the fingers by about two inches 
but when they go to pick up things they're picking things up with the length of their normal fingers yeah, they're yeah. Not, do you know so it doesn't yeah. look like they're actually gripping things and it's just like well you can see that's fake so I want to see if they can address that and make it actually look like the prosthetic stuff is actually real rather than just like stuck on bits on the end of fingers and things yeah and um, that's one of the things they're going to do um, with the they've already promised that they've addressed the the costume of the the um, uh, Klingons haven't they because they were very yeah. rubber men in rubber suit kind of style I think they've kind of yeah. smoothed out the, the edges of it on that one um, so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it still because I, I thought it was a really good take on a, a new Star Trek series um, albeit a bit of a darker edge which I know a lot of Trekker fans didn't really like like so much but um, they've got the Picard one coming later in next year as well so again uh, so but, a lot of good telly yeah. a lot of good telly yeah absolutely um, um, and more besides and I can't even think what any of the other ones are we'll have to do a proper well like we said with the next episode we'll have to do a bit of a look back to last year and, and also what's coming up this year that uh, this next year that we're, we're looking forward to yeah. so maybe we'll, we'll focus a bit on that then we'll come up with some awards we'll get some random categories like you know the, the, the best prosthetics prosthetics for a, a character in a TV series or something or, I want to do know, best, best best most obvious piece of product placement or something <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do some awards for the the previous year, and then we'll do a look forward for next year. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's that that'll be a good next show. Yeah, let's do that. Um, okay, so uh, what else you got there? So you've got um, so a couple, couple of trailers. Well, a trailer this week that popped up that I like the look of. Um, so Captive State, a new film by Robert White, who uh, um, directed Rise of the Planet Apes, Planet of the Apes. Mm. So it's set in the uh, in the near future, after a decade after an occupation by uh, uh, aliens. Basically, it explores like the collaborators and the resistance and and the dichotomy between the two. Uh, it's got John Goodman in it and a host of other people that I didn't recognise. Um, and it looks actually quite good. Um, it looks it, it does look like it will be a good film. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I check that one out if you can. It look, it's going to be a good film, I think. Googling I like the look at that one. Googling it already. Yeah. I like I like the look of it. I really do. Um, there's you know it, it's sort of like, but I think it, it, one of those the resistance in the end wins out, shall we say? I right, can, yeah. You can see it. <laughs> you can see it coming a mile off by the trailer. It's setting uh, setting out for for a certain style of film. So, but mm. I like the look of it. I like the look of it. Um, and then. It, w- it wasn't a trailer it was a poster that popped up for me the other day um, a new film by Jordan Peele the director of Get Out mm. uh, no other details apart from a little bit in the Wikipedia entry which is a couple go on a go to a beach house for the weekend and their serenity turns to tension and chaos when some shocking visitors arrive uninvited now if he can pull off another Get Out I'll be very happy because <laughs> um, that's a cracking film and that, that that's my best new to me film of this year because I hadn't seen it before this year but um, he can do no wrong Jordan Peele so um, I'm looking, liking the look of that from the, from just from a, just from a poster just from a poster I'm liking the look of something these days rather than a trailer um, so we'll, we'll see we'll see and apparently he's making a TV series as well about um, Nazi hunting called The Hunt which is coming out I believe next year mm. so we shall see um, what goes on with that is that next year is that next year yes next year next year cool yeah 10, ten episodes um, yeah it, it's uh, yeah, it's about Nazi hunting in um, 
and uh, Nazi hunters living in New York in, in 1977 hunting down people who escaped America so that looks quite good mm. as well but um, yeah. oh, and the US trailer has a release release date as well um, I don't know what that release date is it's a vi- click on the video to find out and I ain't going to do that <laughs> yeah well, can't be too far away there's um, I mean since, since we last recorded there's been another trailer for Captain Marvel as well Yes, uh, if I remember rightly, that was that was pretty good looking. showed showed a little bit more info about the sort of situation Carol Danvers is going to find herself in. Um, What's the other one we saw a trailer for? That was the Avengers new trailer. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> the biggest trailer in all of all time. Um, official, I think it had the most like within an hour it had something like two hundred million views or something stupid. Um, yeah, that looks cool. Yes. No, looks like nothing, you know, looks like... Th- I don't think there was any real surprises. There was no kind of... Um, there was no kind of surprising bits, was there, or people that should be there? There was. There was. What was yeah, there? Right, right, right at the end. Right at the end. I've forgotten. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, spoiler warning, if anyone hasn't seen the trailer, you're mad. If you, if you care about the film, you'll have seen the trailer, so I'm not too worried. Uh, but, yeah, Ant-Man showing up, that was quite good, because I haven't even seen the post-credits bit from Ant-Man and the Wasp so it didn't really make as much sense to me. Right. Um, so I had to then go back and quickly f- watch that. So I got, I understood what had gone on. So as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, hang on a minute then. So I missed something somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's that's quite exciting. Um, I, I assumed it must have been sort of at one point where he, he'd been ghosted and had come back somehow, but obviously he'd been stuck in the quantum realm um, and got out somehow. So yeah, they were yeah talking we don't about, know how... Don't yeah. know how he's got out, so... Yeah, obviously the supposition is kind of time travel and various bits and pieces, isn't it? But it's all very exciting. We're, we, no one knows quite what they've done yet, but um, in the Russos I trust at the moment, I think they, they did a great job with, with Infinity War, so um, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting to see how, they, how, how the heroes get out of it. Um, can, uh, yeah, can I can I make a bold prediction that they they win? As he- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanos is either um, yeah Superman tooed or uh, or killed somehow. Some, somebody will use a soul stone on him. Well, the soul stone's going to get. I'd, I'd assume the soul stone gets destroyed, or the infinity stones get destroyed in some capacity. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Yeah. I just want I, 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 what I'd pay money to see is Captain America putting a glove on and clicking his fingers and Thanos disappearing and everybody else coming back yeah, yeah. Uh, well yeah after watching Captain Marvel's second trailer I'm like oh yeah quite happy to watch Brie Larson do whatever she wants to do in any film ever uh, that, that was quite cool I liked I liked, watching her punch grannies is all great but uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's, a, that's a good one I, I did like that bit yeah um, that's about it. That's, yeah, let's move on though. Um, there's plenty of other stuff. We'll, we'll save all the upcoming stuff for for the next one. Okay. Okay. Um, quick, uh, quick bit. Do, do the books. Do the books. Do the books. Yeah, I was just going to say, do the books quick. Um, so the news. <laughs> I thought it was exciting new news, uh, and then I realised it's actually ancient news um, from back in June. But um, I hadn't realised Joe Abercrombie had, had announced a new trilogy based in the First Law universe. Um, can't wait. Can't can't wait. That's no. terribly exciting. Always, always good to see a new Joe Abercrombie book. Yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't read them yet, you really need to go and read the First Law trilogy. Where have you been? Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest. Where have you been? Quite frankly, um, they they are awesome books. Uh, they are, and I can't wait for more in that universe. It doesn't have to have the same characters, although there will be some returning characters from the sound of it. 
but um, yeah awesome first one's going to be called A Little Hatred so it already sounds good uh, the second one's going to be called The Trouble with Peace uh, so that already sounds good and then three The Beautiful Machine no idea what that's going to be but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it already uh, it sounds like it's going to be taking place a significant time period after the events of the first Lord Trilogy so it's kind of going from a sort of more medieval-y fantasy era into a sort of slightly more I would say Victorianish kind of not I don't want to say steampunk because that's kind of overused but it must be that kind of thing I thought where there's more more kind of mechanisation and stuff uh, so yeah yeah looking forward it, to it. it it's interesting the way that he's done in his books it started off they're very much um classic fantasy and you know people in huts and big castles and cities and that kind of thing but as they've moved through it and logan's moved through it as well you're now in kind of like a western um out you know sort of that that kind of era and it, the, the the times are changing it's not just staying still there's progress yeah. in society and the technology and stuff um what uh, is it the heroes where they've got the massive cannon and they it, it doesn't describe a cannon Mm, it's the best. That's his best one, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's like a, a war. That's like the Vietnam War film. Yeah, in the book it's for superb. Him. It was just <laughs> awesome. That was such a. The characters in that are just terrific. The the sort of gritty, grimy, you know, futility of war theme running through it is just epic. Yeah, everybody uh, following around that, like you know, it doesn't just deal with the soldiers; it deals with everybody following them and and the pay and uh, you know yeah. and you know the support and everything and the boredom and then the the, the, the terror. Yeah, it, it's it's so it's so well paced. The way it's just sort of like drawn out and drags and the weight and the weight and the weight and all of a sudden in the battle it's just like frantic and and yeah it's. It, mm. the terror that he conveys is brilliant yeah. really good book really really good book yeah. but the universe he, he's created with that first law trilogy is just superb uh, yeah. it, it just feels like every, you know some fantasy worlds you read you start reading a book and you're like uh, you don't really get a feel for what that world's like in this one within 10 pages you you know what it is and the characters support it and the and the pacing of it supports it and you know every you almost know every little bit of the world and you know there's tons more to explore and you know he's going to show you it eventually and it's just oh, yeah. wonderful yeah so the fact that he's writing another chunky three book series uh, and it comes out September 2019 oh next year can't go quick enough <laughs> it's just, no, it, yeah <laughs> there's too much stuff to look forward to and it's going to rip along it'll be this time next year and we'll be wondering where the time's gone but uh, can't wait so yeah First Lord Series two, effectively, can't wait. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, there was a shattered. Did you read the shattered sea as well? Um, which one? The the, the shattered oh, sea oh. trilogy. Half a king, half a world, half a oh, war. No, no, I didn't read those ones. No, they're, they're good. If you, they're. I really like those. They're good. Right. Yeah, they're well, well worth picking up. I definitely recommend yeah. you read those. They, cool. Yeah, they're so kind I, of set in the same sort of. Um, land but it's it's sort of like another part of it if you right. want it's like a different continent almost right but yeah it, very good very good i definitely definitely will I, I know i avoided them i didn't avoid them i didn't get excited by them because they were his his attempt at a sort of you know young adult series weren't they but let's face it joe abercrombie can't do anything particularly bad as far as i'm concerned so i wouldn't say i wouldn't say the young adult at all exactly. say, no not at all um, well, well, that bodes well then, because uh, too many, too many books that are um, YA 
uh, feel like they've been written for, for a YA audience. And yeah. the best ones, I think, are ones where they're approachable from young adult perspective, but without having been written specifically for them. So I, I can imagine... All of, I suspect they've tamed, he's tamed down the, the violence a little bit, I would assume. Um, but probably not as much as others would. They're still violent, mm. um, but it's not as... Graphic. Graphic. Yeah. But And, and they're, they're, they're violent, and when it comes, it's more shocking, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, well worth reading. You'll, cool. you'll, you'll rip through them in a, in a, in a, in a short time good because I, I need something a bit more digestible than what I'm reading right now um, which is uh, I've got to find the author's name because I'll, I'll forget um, but I'm reading a book called The Nine Fox Gambit at the moment uh, by a Korean writer called Yoon Ha Lee um, and it is just a bit bonkers I, I don't I don't quite you know talking about universes that you don't feel have fleshed out quite as well as you'd like them to be and this is kind of one of them and I just don't understand what's going on in it I'm reading it it's not not weird enough that I haven't put it down that I've put it down and given up um, uh, but it's like the uh, society of this kind of galactic empire kind of thing going on um, is controlled by its calendar uh, and the and almost like the I get the vibe that the religion almost of the society is calendar based um, so the heretics that are being fought in this series are calendrical heretics <laughs> so they go okay. I'm not doing a 10 day week we're doing a 7 day week or whatever <laughs> it's just a bit it's just a bit weird um, everyone seems to say it's great and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to say they're wrong but at the same time I'm struggling to really get into it and I'm very finding it very difficult to explain <laughs> everybody has books like that that people go oh yeah I've got to read it it's brilliant it's brilliant it's brilliant and then you read it and you just don't get it yeah um, Quicksilver uh, you, yeah you weren't a fond of that were you no and, and I don't know that you, you I love it yeah, yeah exactly. I will defend it to the highest yeah yeah yeah. but yeah I, I think that's it it's um, yeah it's a horses for courses situation, isn't it? A lot of it, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that yeah, Quicksilver was certainly one that was either, was very chalk or cheese. Either you loved it or you absolutely hated it. Um, yeah, sort, sort of the same as Ready Player One. I think a lot of people were the same way with True. that. Um, so it's very difficult, isn't it? It just shows there's no there's no uh, there's no formula for success, even amongst but, us types. But also, you'd be, it'd be bloody boring if if everybody liked the same sort of thing. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I'm quite glad there's um, different opinions and different tastes and things because that's what makes the world a wonderful place to be. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Uh, another thing that makes the world a wonderful place to be is the movie Die Hard. Yay! Yippee yay, motherfuckers! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yippee yay. Keep your subbies. Um, okay, yeah, oh. so uh, do we want to have a quick chat about uh, arguably the best Christmas movie of all time? Let's have a long chat. Well, okay, <laughs> can, I, can I set this out from the start? It's it. a film set at Christmas. It's not a Christmas film. Ah, but did you know that the writer of the film and the director of the film both have said that it is a Christmas film? It's a film about Christmas. Yeah, so it's set at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas... I don't think it's a Christmas film. No, no. See, they've said it is... They haven't said that. They've said it is a Christmas film because it's about families coming together. 
is the importance of family and being together is one of the things they said is is central to the premise of Die Hard. <laughs> that makes it that makes it sound like it's um, Home Alone. Mm. Um, well, it's I a wonderful it, life. <laughs> but I, I suppose, you know, one of the best lines in it is where he's crawling through the air conditioner and, he, and he's got the lights. He's like, come out to the cows, get together, have a few laughs. Yeah. So, yeah, do you know what I mean? In that in that sort of like instance, then, yeah, you've got it. You've yeah. got that. Um, that, know, that, that, about- that particular line was actually an ad lib by Bruce Willis. Um, and, and the other thing about it is when he's crawling through that it's like one of those um, I keep meaning to make the, the kind of Christmas bauble to put on the tree of getting like the little kind of tin and getting a little cardboard yeah. cut out of Bruce Willis in yeah yeah <laughs> and um, I've seen other people do it and I thought that looked good uh, but the I'm not imaginative enough to come up with that sort of stuff myself but that particular scene um, he ad-libbed that particular line for a reason because the uh, production designer had, or whoever it was that was responsible, had ordered the wrong ducting for the for that scene, so they got real ducting rather than the extra large stuff that was designed specifically for people to crawl through four films. <laughs> so All right, that's why he's really tight in that kind of wriggle. And it took him so long to get through it that he, he just started ad libbing kind of lines as he was going through it because it was taking too long to crawl through. So. That was quite. Uh, I thought that was quite an interesting. That, that's uh, that's a good little little tale about it. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's it's such a good film. I mean, it, it, there's very few films that you watch that are just perfect shot, mm. acting, script, lines, delivery, the lot. It's just perfect. You know, you mm. could probably Raiders, Aliens, Jaws. You know, there's 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 not many there's not many films that you could say it about. But Die Hard mm. is is up there, and it might yeah. be one of the best examples of it. There's not an instant slack or a bad performance or a bad line or something that doesn't sit right in it at all yeah it's it's all it's all so good it's just it's just a joy to watch yeah and it it, it's a testament to it that there's been there's no films like it before and there are a million films after it that try to copy it and fail yeah um yeah i think that's the that's the thing um you know how many films have been can you say it's Die Hard in a something and that's been a it's been a theme for 30 years since this film came out Um, so it's a testament to it that they're still trying to make one like it even though they'll never make one as good Um, the other thing I loved about it was the was the fact that that um, it basically made Bruce Willis uh, or his career because it was offered to about 15 other top line actors they were officially had to offer it um, to Frank Sinatra first, which I found amazing. He was like seventy or something when they had they had to offer it contractually obliged um, because uh, it was a, an adaptation of a book that he was signed up for originally or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but essentially Frank Sinatra was. Um, oh, that's right. He was in a film of the same name in the sixties. Nothing lasts forever. Was that what it's called? Yeah. Um, and they, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I've just got it here. Um, so, because he was in that, they had to offer him this. And obviously, in his seventies, he wasn't going to be doing any of that. So, obviously, turned it down. Um, then Arnie turned it down, and then it was offered to the likes of Richard Gere, Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds, Stallone, Harrison Ford, <laughs> Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, Don Johnson. They all turned it down, uh, and I think in the end they just went, oh, desperate, uh, and they ended up getting Bruce Willis, who had, at that point had only been on TV doing Moonlighting. Mm. 
um, and turned out to be yeah. probably the biggest and well one of the well, he's one of the top three action uh, actors of the 90s and noughties wasn't he uh, so, well yeah 80s and 90s 80s as well 90s, yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah def- definitely probably you're right kick-started all of those kind of films as well but yeah. he yeah he, he makes that film he really does. He, 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 no, he's a natural in it. Yeah, he really is. And but not, he's it, not done a film as good as that since Die Hard, as far as I'm concerned, either. I think it's you know he, he kind of he joined the the Hollywood scene at the absolute top and hasn't really bettered it since. Um, Red's okay, I suppose. A push if you want. A, a, um, uh, yeah, but it's nowhere near as good as Die Hard. No, it's not. But yeah. you know, he's fuck me. He's done a few films, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I, the one I do love that he's done, but I think he almost dialed it in a little bit is uh, Fifth Element. Um, absolutely love Fifth Element. Yeah. Uh, Twelve. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, 12, Twelve Monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. Twelve Monkeys. Pulp yeah. Fiction. Yeah. Although you could say he was more not cameo, but you know, he was like a peripheral. He wasn't like a main lead or anything on that one, was he? No. Um, Unbreakable. He was good in. Um, the Expendables he, but he's, he's sending himself up in that yeah uh, yeah he's been in a few good yeah. old few films is our Bruce yeah bloody hell I'd still, I'd still say looking at his even looking at his entire yeah. filmography for me he's not done a film as good as as Die Hard no you're right um, no, I, I'd, I'd say uh, you know literally he's well it's his third film and he's probably his best one yeah um, look who's talking where's only his voice yeah, um, I know a lot of people have got a time for Hudson Hawk, but it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, it is garbage. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's up there with like the whole nine yards. He loves those kind of really crap kind of comedy action jobs. Um, I like. Let's see. Let's go through the. Let's go through the list here a little bit. Sin City. He was good in Sin City. To be fair, I didn't like Sin City. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the comics, but I didn't like the film. Fair enough. I did. Um, yeah. Style over substance for me. Oh, it's very style over substance. Yeah, no way. Uh, Lucky number eleven was quite good. I quite like that. Yeah, uh, that was quite good. Um, Tailed off a bit in the uh, in recent times. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah, I'd say Red Looper's okay. Looper was good, actually. Yeah, that was good. Looper's okay. Yeah, that was good. Um, Moonrise Kingdom, I've not seen yet, and I really ought to. He's in that, but that's probably more of a cameo type thing again, or you know, not a, not a main role anyway. Uh, but yeah, since ooh, the last good one he made, I would say is Looper in 2012. He's not made anything good since then. Well, um, let's see how Glass is next year. Yeah, well, that's right. That's the. I mean, how many years has it been since Unbreakable? That's 19 years since Unbreakable. So that's gonna be quite. That's gonna be. That's quite a gap. It'll be interesting to see what that's like for sure. Um, but the thing is, it, it could. It could be Silomans um, redemption for all the. You still haven't watched it, have you? Which one? The. Um, oh, the, the one you're talking about before. Yeah. Um, the happen. No happening. The ha- no. Yeah, the, the happening. happening. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've not watched it yet. Uh, yeah, I'll have to watch that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll try and watch it um, before our next episode. <laughs> but yeah, he's. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Shyamalan's done much right since Unbreakable either. But anyway, that's a diversion again. Um, yeah, so, no, yeah. 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 Uh, 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 the, the thing is uh, that I liked about Die Hard, there isn't a bad character in it. No. The, all, all the characters are fully fleshed out. Classic. Um, Archetypes of American film. They're all, you know, the the the, uh, the limo driver, all the henchmen, 
yeah the cokehead banker um the the, the cop that's helping him out uh, they're all superbly played yeah. and and delivered characters even the detestable uh, coke sniffing yuppie yeah <laughs> No, but he's, but he's, he's perfect. He's you know it's absolutely perfect. The 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 crappy TV anchor, the the two uh, Johnson and Johnson, the FBI agents. Um, yeah. You know this is like you know this is like Saigon. You know, I was still at school, you dickhead. And you know it's it's just it's all it's all so well done. Yeah. But you know Hans Gruber, probably hands down one of the only villains you're kind of rooting for to get away with it. Oh yeah, and, it, and especially when you've got like the scene where he's rummaging around on the roof trying to find the um the uh, detonators and uh, and comes across and John McClane comes across him and he sort of does that I've only got one way of getting out of this pretend to be yeah. <laughs> pretend yeah. to be hostage and it was superb uh, oh, Alan Rickman what a loss he was uh, yeah, when he no, died superb. a few years ago oh, and this was his first film Amazing. yeah again and the again running Set, set up the whole um, English actors playing baddies for, yeah. for many years to come as well yeah. in a sharp um, suit yeah, he he is stylish. You know, it, what the he, he like fantasy like he, he obsesses over the model of the building, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love making he, models as a boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he, he's super. Oh, I should have said it, he's not. It's not his first film. I should say it's his first Hollywood film. I should say. Okay. Yeah, um, he's been in a bunch of other crap before that, like Busted with Phil Collins and stuff. <laughs> oh but, Christ! Um, yeah, Die Hard was his first was his first Hollywood film, and then never looked back. That's superb. He, he's played iconic. Just looking at his filmography, just looking at some of the people he's played, um, you know, iconic villains like uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. There'll never be a Sheriff of Nottingham. He, he, he made that up that so film. Yeah, he he does. Um, come see me at midnight. Bring your sister. You know, <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. all those little bits. He's absolutely fantastic in it. He really is. Um, he, yeah. Even the snake in, in the in the in the Potter films and stuff like yeah. that. It's, he, he's just he knows how to play. Well, he just knows how to play damn good characters, quite frankly. But um, yeah, oh, just wonderful actor. But in, in, I love the, the. There was a little uh, another anecdote from the set of Die Hard was that um, I think I can't remember exactly how um, how Rickman got cast, um, but it was kind of like a he'll have to do kind of casting, I think, a little bit. Um, but then when they got him onto the set and he started doing his his shtick. Um, they basically McTiernan was just like holy crap uh, right everyone just shut up and let him do his thing just he can do whatever he wants <laughs> he's just doing it brilliantly better than we wrote it so just let him crack on um, yeah. and he is he is just you can tell he's just having an absolute blast playing this posh German terrorist come burglar <laughs> it's just superb yeah wonderful 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 actor Apparently he didn't want to do it. He, he said, he you know, uh, yeah, he, he, he didn't want to do an action movie. He, he didn't want to be a, you know, I know he's always going to be associated as Severus Snape, but you know, being a classically trained actor, he said he didn't want to, you know, what the hell is this? I'm not doing an action movie. I don't, want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a proper actor. Um, but uh, you know, he did make it his own. He yeah. really did. He really yeah. did. And 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 what a death. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped seventy feet. And, uh, and yeah. uh, apparently, what was what happened was that the um, that scene where he's dropped and he's got that look of shock on his face is because they sort of said, "Oh, we'll let you go on a count of three and they dropped him on one. <laughs> so they yeah, went, yeah, yeah. One. <laughs> he's like, "Oh!" <laughs> so they got a genuine look of uh, fear on his face, which I thought was quite hilarious. Um, but yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, but, he, he, uh, gone. He, 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 I'm just looking at a uh, picture of his face, and it is, it's pure terror, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah. He, 
he's, um, <laughs> he's, he's superb yeah. a, massive, a massive loss but you know he he, he again perfect absolute perfect you know casting acting playing I mean the whole thing the pacing of the film the script everything you know the, the stuff that comes out in that they're, they're having after Predator they were given license to make this and they're having a great time making it mm. and uh, you know a lot of Hollywood studios after this started right we, we you can't do that it's got to be as good as that so this needs to change and that needs to change and it needs to be this and it needs to be that and it never if you don't give people the artistic freedom it never lives up to that mm. so that's why you see a lot of films that are stifled and a billion takes for you know for a throwaway ablib that Bruce Willis did crawling through that thing you know and that's what they all, they they never capture that and they never catch that lightning in a bottle unfortunately no no that's it um, it's because you know it's set a template, and the rest of them feel like they've got to try and match up to it. I think is the problem. Um, and this one, it was just like I said. I think I can't remember how long the film is. It's about an hour and fifty minutes or something like that. So it's it's not even by modern standards, it's not that long a film. Even uh, one hundred and thirty-two. No, that must be then. What's that? That's two, just over two hours. Yeah, wow. just over two hours. It's quite a long film. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel like it at all. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it just shows you how well paced it is that there's not like you said there's not an ounce of fat on it quite frankly no there isn't there isn't uh, at all it, it whips along and that's the thing it absolutely whips along yeah. and there's an, uh, the, you know you're saying a bit about where he turns up to be a, a hostage mm. uh, apparently he, he was um, in an interview he said I was thinking if I was wearing a suit and not, no terrorist gear then maybe there should be a scene where I'm, I put on an American accent and pretend to be a hostage so he wrote a note to the, the producers and the next day a new bit of script arrived with that bit in Nice, <laughs> yeah. you know, he knew his shit. He he knew yeah. his shit. He was superb, yeah. and then, that's the thing. The film that you know, the the films. It's a Bruce Willis film, and Bruce, you know, no shoes, and you know, I, I shoot a terrorist. He's got feet smaller than my sister, and all that kind of yeah. pulling the pulling the glass out of his feet and and jumping off the top of the building wrapped in a, a fire hose and all that kind of thing. But the films as much about Rickman is it about him? Well, it's the things like the classic. A, a great classic hero has to have a great classic villain to f- foil against yeah um, and that's why that film works because neither neither one on their own you know they'd be they'd be watchable but because the villain is so good the hero is better and vice versa um you know there's, there's probably a million not you know alternative films we could talk about where especially talking about kind of the diehard sequels even where the villains are crappy so the films are lesser because of them um and I think that's that's the that's the perfect mix here. They had the they had the awesome act well they had the classic actor in Rickman being able to do the hammed up perfect European villain uh against the sort of new cocksure McLean Bruce Willis. And I thought it was just the, but- the great partnership. Now you've got me thinking. You're saying it was offered to Frank Sinatra. I'd quite like to see the film with two geriatric people <laughs> playing it. And you know, and then just trying to think of an English actor of around the same age. And the only two people I can kind of think of are uh, Dick Emery <laughs> and Norman Norman Wisdom. They were born in the same year as Frank Sinatra, so it it could have been a very very different film. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that could have been very different. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a, somewhere, somewhere there is a, a um, what you call it, mirror universe where that uh, happened. <laughs> or, or, or even no, no, sorry, a better one, Arthur Lowe. 
Oh, Captain, Ma- <laughs> Captain Mannering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a film and a half. That should be written somewhere. We should write that you know, the alternate history of Die Hard with those two. That'd be superb. Yeah. Superb. But I was looking at films that were out in 1988 as well, and it was a bit of a bad year for films. Um, yeah. They Live came out in 1988. Oh, that's a that's a bit of a cult classic at least yeah, it's a John Carpenter one and it, it it's 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 a bad film starring none other than Rowdy Roddy Piper in the lead yeah. role <laughs> yeah uh, Charlie's seen clips of this and he loves the line of you know I've came here to chew gum and, and kick ass and I'm all out of gum <laughs> um, um, uh, coming, uh, d- looks like Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah Dirty Rotten, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels that's good fun. that's good film yeah, coming to Ram- America I quite I have a soft spot for Fiscal Rambo. Wondo is, is an awesome film Rambo 3 uh, Beetlejuice yeah Blood Sports I mean they, there's some there's some films there but there's nothing that is as big or as well remembered as Die Hard no and I think that you know and that just sums everything up about that film and how good it was that it is like you say it, it, it's it, people see it as a Christmas film and it's put on as Christmas and it's sort of like well we're we gonna you know it's it's stood the test of time it mm. really has and it you know even though it's you know set in 88 it it, for whatever reason, I didn't think it looked dated. Mm, no, it, it, like I said, it even stands up now. Uh, yeah. Just watching it the other day, there's there's only a couple of things that date it. One is him smoking in an airport, because <laughs> clearly that won't happen now. True, um, true. But that's quite, you know, relatively speaking, that's quite recent. Um, and then things like the when he, in fact, one of the, the only bit that I had any kind of um, thing about was the when he walks into the lobby of the hotel and you got the guy behind the desk. And he goes, oh, I'm looking for Holly McLean. And um, he goes, oh, use the screen there. So he's sort of like tapping that crappy CRT that's supposedly like a touch screen. And he finds his wife's using her, her uh, maiden name and taps the thing. And then he goes, oh, floor 30. And he goes, yeah, they're the only ones left in the building. It's like, oh, he didn't need to use the screen then, did he? <laughs> if the only ones left in the building and you know they're on floor 30, why did he have to go through the screen thing? I thought that was just a... A kind of cl- that was the only clunky little bit in it to kind of shoot on the oh what are you doing Holly using your you know, maiden name kind of thing. Um, the other thing I loved in it was the um, uh, that stood out was the scene where uh, I can't remember what the name of the sleazy executive guy is. Um, Harry, no, is his name Harry? Don't know. The guy that smokes, not sniffs the coke, and he's trying to convince Gruber that he knows John and he will talk him down because he's such a great salesman. Um, Harry Ellis. Harry Ellis, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the <laughs> randomly, one of the um, terrorists comes up to him holding a can of coke, with the coke label yeah. obviously fully yeah. visible, and then plonks it down in front and sort of pours the coke for him. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Oh, that was quite funny. Um, those are the only two bits that stood out as as kind of uh, as kind of not mistakes, but clearly shot for a reason. Uh, yeah that didn't really have a place in the film other than for for those bits but uh, but yeah it was it was everything else is perfect i mean it 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 sets things up for later on as well do you know what i mean oh yeah it's full of what they call chekhov's gun where if there's if you spot something in the frame for yeah it's there for a reason and it will come up again um you know like the whole uh you know like the teddy bear in the car you know all that sort of stuff but there's yeah it's it's uh, i'm trying to think of the other what would be the other Chekhov's guns in it? Uh, 
but him taking his shoes off was clearly one. <laughs> it ended up being yeah. a good uh, kind of premonition of what was going to happen later in the film. Going to have trouble with his feet footwear. Um, oh, I'm having a complete mental block now. But yeah, there was there's there's nothing in the film that was extraneous that was there for no other reason than to advance the plot. No, which it's, is unique for an action film where you know action films nowadays have got a, very much a reputation for being bloated and not very focused necessarily and this one sort of again sets the template for it it's just not a, a wasted frame now lots of people have you know they try and try to capture that but hey it, it never really pull, pull it off it's yeah. very very rare that they do these days unfortunately um, I think Get Out does it um, I'll, I'll going to plug that because it's good but Get Out does it to a, a great extent there's no waste on that it's a very well done film mm-hmm. and I think those sort of films where they, it's low budget and it's um, you know not not massive massive budget that they're the ones that you tend to find those little um gems in these days it's not so much the massive you know everybody knows about the Avengers and stuff and they've thrown so much at it it can't really fail because it's, it's it's really good but those little the gems these days the the, the stripped down the, the, the bare bones films are those sort of like really low budget ones mm. unfortunately the big the big boys don't just don't have it yeah yeah but hey even, the, even Die Hard films now can't do what Die Hard does so if they can't do it what chance has anyone else got? Well, you know, they'll, they'll try. Yeah, you know, we, and, we love them trying, so that's that's fine. And the, the thing, you know, somewhere at some point, somebody said, "How how are we going to make um, some money? And what's going to be the you know what what what's the blueprint? What's the the way we can?" And it's just sequels. They're just plumbing out sequels. They're all remaking films these days. Um, and it, it's you know it's 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 ridiculous. Unfortunately, yeah, it really is. I think it's where um, I think was it the fourth Die Hard the, I can't remember what it was called now, Die Hard 4.0 I think that was not even written as a Die Hard film but they ended up making it into a Die Hard film just to try and sell tickets didn't they I'm pretty sure that was the one um, so it wasn't even a, a John McClane but they, they sort of changed it so that it could be so that it got more um, yeah geek cachet or whatever yeah um, yeah to sort of set, get people to the box office and you wonder actually because it, it's kind of almost a double-edged sword now isn't it where you think oh god another Die Hard <laughs> yeah I'll wait for it to be on TV whereas if they didn't do that if they just said it's you know Bruce Willis in an action film you think oh, probably a bit more if it's a bit more original be interesting to know if it's uh, people would be more interested or not it's, it's so, kind of sorry go on no I was just going to say so um, I was just thinking about a action film that's come out recently so Skyscraper I know you've got inflation or whatever, but the budget for that was 125 million US dollars. But Die Hard was made for 28 million, and I'm pretty sure by inflation terms, that's not going to be as much as 125 million quid. No, you wouldn't think so. No. You know, Fast and Furious 7 cost 190 million for fuck's sake. Well, yeah. I I suppose that's, that's. I don't get the Fast and Furious films. Uh, No, I. I, I don't get any. why everyone is so. Even the Empire people. I, I listen to the Empire podcast, and and they love them. They love them, and they are just set set piece selling. Cra- oh, I don't know. I don't. Know. There's no. There's no. There's no real. 
body to them. I think is my problem. No, I've, I've not seen any of them, and I, you know anything where they where they have cars jumping over submarines on on. No, 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 no. Yeah. give a miss. Yeah. Give them a miss. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's just uh, it's a generational thing. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm too old to appreciate those types of films let's put it like yeah. that let's put that politically yeah. <laughs> and the thing and I was you know John Tin and uh, McTiernan's career sort of like went down the plug hole really mm. didn't it I, you know Hunt Red October Flight of the Intruder Medicine Man Last Action Hero and after that yeah you know? he, did, he had some legal problems didn't he <laughs> John yeah McTiernan. that's true um, that's true I can't remember what else he's made he's, he's trying to get back on the wagon hasn't he uh, I think of late um, I'm just going to have a quick little quick look at uh, his filmography a second <clears throat> I say that no he hasn't not since 2003 yeah no it's, it's, yeah I mean look at the film you know, I'd say 13th Warrior was quite fun that was a very interesting film oh he made Die Hard with a Vengeance I didn't realise he did that one as well um, but yeah actually he's not made that many films at all has he quite surprising no it, 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 you he's know for somebody, yeah, yeah. There's, there's three or four like absolute classics there yeah we talked, talked about Predator before, Die Hard, Hunt Fred October I love still. Um, Flight of the Intruder was good. Oh, he's an, he was a producer for that, not even a director, but um, Medicine Man was a bit... Not me. Yeah. That's all right. Last Action Hero is one I've not really got on with. Everyone else seems to love, but I've not really no, got on with it. it, it well, you know, it was, it, I think it was the, the, the Arnie film that was just the one too far, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it, it was on the back of him making. You know, Arnie was the biggest, probably the biggest box office star in the known universe, and yeah, mm. that, that film just it, it was wasn't a hit at all. Yeah, even Jamie Lee Curtis couldn't make me watch it, so that shows you quite what that was about. Um, but yeah, there you go. So that's uh, John McTin. Oh yeah, he went bankrupt. <laughs> there he you went go. To prison. <laughs> oh, yeah, poor old John. Never mind. <sighs> Uh, but yeah, okay. yeah, worth watching if it's on telly over Christmas. Set your recorders, get it on, watch it. Yeah, it's it's on repeat on Sky Movies because it's a Christmas film. So uh, <laughs> next one for me will be I've got Scrooged recorded. Talking about other Christmas films, okay, that I love. I mean, Scrooged is kind of Bill Murray hamming it up again a little bit, but uh, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, and, can't, um, can't be a bit of Bill Murray. No, and uh, Trading Places, which we've already talked about in the last episode. Yeah. That's the other must watch over Christmas time for me yeah I think yeah uh, but unfortunately I'll be in Glasgow so it's not the kind of thing that we'll be able to watch um with the kids there <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so but uh, it's Christmas and whenever we go to Glasgow it seems to be the endless reruns of Harry Potter on so no doubt I should be watching some Harry Potter over Christmas yay <laughs> Well, there's Christmassy bits in some of them, I suppose. At least, I don't know what it is. But whenever we seem to go to Glasgow, it's it's on, and it, it's just ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, some things have to be done. I've got to go to a pantomime this Christmas for the first time oh, in we, years. We we went to one last weekend, um, and this is what stemmed with Charlie because he, um, we went out for food first, and he'd done all his insulin stuff, and then had some ice cream at half time. So by the time we got home, his bloods were really high. So uh-huh. he said, right, correct, and then do your nighttime insulin. It was about half past nine, and everybody was really tired, and he just went, Dad, I've done it wrong, and it was just like, oh, oh and it no. Was, but yeah, <laughs> we went. It was. Um, Alfie Moon from EastEnders I can't remember what his name is but he it was him in the panto right um, and it was quite good and they they always with the panto they always stop it halfway through and read read out 
people's birthdays and stuff and it was actually on hannah's my daughter's hannah's birthday so the whole theater sung my daughter happy birthday which was really nice That's so she yeah she was a bit shy about it but and then after that he goes and uh, we've got another special guest in the audience tonight there's ethel somebody from um milton Keynes, and she's 111 everybody come on give her a round of applause and sing happy birthday to her so everybody sort of like cheered and was singing happy birthday to her and then somebody came on and was like whispering and saying what what she's not 111 what what she's ill and it was so he's just misread 111 for being ill <laughs> and, every, and everybody was just sat again oh my god and it was it's that kind of thing it's that kind of humor it's just yeah. uh it's worth yeah they're, they're fun they're fun yeah i mean i, I remember I, I i loved pantos when i was a kid um and i know the kids were you know, were going with with our niece and nephew um who were yeah quite young um but just old enough i'd say uh so they should find it quite funny so that'll be quite fun there's no one famous in it there's someone called steve bennett who it just says Devon's favourite dame Steve Bennett <laughs> so that's the highest uh, car, the biggest cast member that we've got in ours um, where is it the Exeter where is it it's the Exeter Northcott Theatre um, which is the the one up by the university basically okay. um, so it's, it's quite a good one it's quite it's quite a nice sized theatre it's, it's not massive but it's it's big enough went to watch um, uh, what's that uh, Scottish band they were popular for about 10 minutes like super popular um, the ones super that Gordy no no like Gordy knew back in like 2004 or whatever it was um, oh god I can't remember the name of the ruddy song that they were known for oh uh, oh I know um, um, Franz Ferdinand yeah Franz Ferdinand yeah yeah so went to watch Franz Ferdinand there um so that's the kind of size theatre it is. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I, I quite like it. I've been in a panto. That, that was fun. I, I enjoyed acting in one more than I did. I enjoyed watching them. But that was Young Farmers, so I suppose. Doesn't really count. No. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's it. Um, cool. Should we wrap it up? I've got, yeah. to go and, uh, I've got to go and get your Christmas presents ready to send. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gonna do that tomorrow morning or else they might not get there <laughs> uh, thank you no no right let's wrap it up we're gonna right. sign off this will be the last one before Christmas almost certainly I would have thought um, you're happy, off to Scotland yeah. and I'll be working solidly until probably midnight Christmas Eve but yeah, uh, yeah. have a good Christmas mate I will do mate and, and much love to you Megan and Jasper yeah and, likewise uh, yeah uh, and, and if anyone listens the two people that might be listening uh, it's not that we won't speak at all until the new year it's no. we're just doing it for the podcast yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, this is just an extended version of our chats that we have yeah exactly you're just listening in on our normal phone calls really yeah, that was, that was the original much. concept for this ruddy thing <laughs> pretty much yes yeah. uh, I think we'd be better off if we just didn't structure the things and you know, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> randomly talk um, we'd probably you know, get a bit less pretentious about it but anyway um, yeah now, anyone now who is listening of, have a great Christmas yeah that um, wrong with a bit of pretension that's, it's okay yeah well, we're having fun doing it no, I don't, yes, so that's all that matters um, yes indeed yeah so if anyone is listening have a great Christmas and we'll speak to you in the new year yeah take care 